What's up, guys? It's Cody Wilson here for the Kayfabe Report. This week, we are going to be talking about that horrible Matt Hardy injury that happened last night at All Out. Uh, Paige addresses WWE restrictions on her Twitch stream. That's ironic. And WWE applies for the Wobbly Walrus trademark. Wonder what that means. All that and more. Plus, we have a special guest this week with Jimmy. He will be here and he will be doing a debate with me and Steve about the streak, about how it ended, should have ended, all that happy horse shit. All that and more here on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? How's everybody's week? Steve, how's your week? Can't complain. <laughs> much what good does it do? <laughs> So, a uh, couple little news items that I want to bring up before we start the news and everything. Uh, this week, we have a guest with us, Jimmy. Uh, what's your last name again, Jimmy? Faluka. Jimmy Faluka. Faluka. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, not no a problem. problem. Uh, this week, Jimmy will be on with us because he is uh, a very debated person on social media for wrestling and different wrestling controversial topics. Very opinionated, I would say. Definitely yeah, very there you go. opinionated. And uh, we're going to be talking about the streak later on in the podcast. But uh, first, I want to mention, we have a store now. We have merch. We have a whole bunch of shit. We have shirts, sweatshirts, uh, hats. Uh, Just opened this up earlier this week. And uh, you guys can check it out in the link in the description of the podcast. Uh, Also, last week was the most downloaded episode of the podcast so far with 37 downloads. Holy cow. So thank you all for all the support. And yeah, we'll be coming out with new t-shirts, hopefully like once a month, something like that. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. But now we're going to talk about some news. Uh, We're going to go for the easy one first. The WWE applies for the Wobbly Walrus trademark. What the hell should that mean? Steve, your take. My guess is either about Paul Heyman or they're going to introduce a new puppet to the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, I could see that. What it says here is that they applied for the trademark on September 1st. While there is no indication for what the trademark is, the speculation is that it's related to Firefly Funhouse for characters such as Husky the Pig Boy, Rambling Rabbit, Abby the Witch, Mercy the Buzzard. Other theories include Heyman, Strowman, and Otis. Jim, what do you think about that? I think that um, his answer could be a combination of both because I firmly believe that the main feud going forward is going to be the new villain, Roman Reigns, against the fiend, Bray Wyatt. And I think it very well could be a new character that is introduced on the Firefly Funhouse, and it could be uh, Wyatt's way of poking fun at Paul Heyman. You know, that's if that that is if they decide to go down that route. I could certainly see them doing that. Right. I can I can see it. I mean, and that's a, we'll talk about that later in the week at WWE about the whole Roman being a villain type thing. But it uh, <laughs> it could be a whole new character. It could be something for Otis. 
We like like it says here, and I would laugh my ass off if it is because he's the money in the bank holder. Uh, <laughs> I I'm still laughing over that one because I feel like that was a gigantic missed opportunity because usually the money in the bank briefcase. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm mistaken, but the money in the bank briefcase is usually supposed to be used as a stepping stone to try to elevate someone to that next level. And Except while I am two people. Didn't work. It didn't work out for Damian Sandow, and it didn't work out for Baron Corbin. Right. I mean, Cena for- was Cena. You couldn't really hurt him. So. No, no, no. Listen, him getting money in the bank at that point, you know, you could use money in the bank as a way to either change up someone's character. Like if they did that in 2013 with Orton, when he won it, he was a babyface, but when he cashed in, he was a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be used for that. But when you think of someone holding that briefcase, you know, yes, is Otis a popular character? Yes, the whole thing with him and Mandy Rose, that was a nice story heading into WrestleMania. But do you really see Otis in that role? You know, to me, you know, if you're going back into the into the early 80s and the, the late 80s and stuff, to me, this is like them putting the, the money in the bank on one of the bushwhackers. And mm-hmm. I just scratched my head saying, is someone on an acid trip back there? Well, chances what... are probably yes. <laughs> Well, with Vince, it's very likely. Um, no, I guess the the reason behind Otis winning is that Vince is very high on Otis. So that's what he calls it. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's extremely high on the whole Otis character. Loves that he's an entertaining person, and the fact that they gave him money in the bank. I mean, we we described it after that after that week that me and Steve were like, you could do a whole. Between him and, well, what's his partner's name? Tucker. 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 Yeah, you could do a whole tag team split between him and Tucker and have Mandy Rose be the evil bug in his ear saying, you know, you should get rid of Tucker. You should cash this in. You know, you should, we should be getting fame and glory and all that. And let that run to like Royal Rumble time. And then when WrestleMania comes around, they get back together and it's a feel good moment. Oh, what, whatever. And it, it's just the fact that they gave it, when they gave it to Otis, the way they gave it to him was even more fucked up. Right. Yeah, honestly, I mean, this is just me. Maybe I'm biased because I work in a hospital and because I had it. But I feel that when this whole virus thing hit, WWE should have taken a hiatus. So that way they could crunch their, you know, their creative juices and try to come up with some storylines that people would be interested in. I feel that mm-hmm. they could have used the virus as a as a way to try to, you know, recharge their batteries because they have so much TV time to fill. And a lot of it, I feel, is unnecessary because it's three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of SmackDown, and they got a pay-per-view every month. Sometimes they got two in a month. That's a Sometimes lot of- they got two in a week. Yeah, some, that, that's a lot of time to fill, you know, and I understand that lowering that time isn't realistic because they're under contract with these networks, but I felt well, that they could use that time to try to maybe, you know, come up with some things, and I feel like this right. was a rash decision because there's no way Otis is winning that world title, and if he does, it'll look ridiculous. I mean, uh, weirder shit has happened. Vince McMahon's won the world title. But I totally. Yeah, but you also have to remember, as much as that we're not a fan, a lot of us are not a fan of what he's done, you know, today. At that time, what happened when Vince won that title? Stone Cold Steve Austin beat the ever loving crap out of Triple H and basically just put Vince's arm on Triple H's <laughs> chest. 
I'll never forget watching that SmackDown. Right. I remember watching that shit live. And that was when Vince was kind of off TV for a bit after the whole corporate ministry thing. But anyway, like I said, I, I just look at Otis getting that money in the bank briefcase. I'm sitting there like, really? Come on now. We could have did. We could. I think we could have did better. I rather preferred Aleister Black, in my opinion. From your mouth to God's ears, sir. That guy has has everything it takes to be a star. I mean, I wouldn't have mind having Baron Corbin be a two-time. My only response to that was it wasn't fun the first time. Yeah, but you had to remember who the champion was at the time. That was Jinder Mahal. Hey, don't hinder Oh, they could have kept the belt on Bray Wyatt, but we know how, how they booked him until he turned into the fiend. They didn't know shit for Shiner what to do with the dude. No. But that's why I'm glad he has more control over his character now. Oh, yeah. And go figure. He sell more merch than anyone else. What a concept. You let the guys do their thing, and it works. Well, it also helps that John Cena hasn't been on TV in over a year. Listen, when, 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 when I, I will not mince words when it comes to that character. I said it years ago and I say it now when him with him not around, it's addition by subtraction. I firmly believe that. Oh, I, I totally believe that as well. This podcast is brought to you by anchor.fm for the kayfabe report. Hey, if you guys haven't heard about anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that's sweet that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership whatsoever. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I use it all the time here on the Fair Report. It's been a great, helpful tool and a great host for the podcast, and I love the sponsorship every week. If you'd like to use Anchor.fm, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. That is the Anchor app at Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store or go to Anchor.fm on your browser. Now, to the show. So, let's go on to the next news story. Paige addresses the WWE restrictions on all third-party applications. Uh, So, if you aren't aware... The uh, WWE has put a mandate out saying that everybody who uses third-party applications such as Twitch, TikTok, or Cameo, or others of that nature, uh, they are no longer allowed to use it because under WWE contract, they cannot use their whatever is copyrighted for names. Before my brain melt. Okay. Like, this example, two YouTube channels I know it does not interfere with their job at all. You got Xavier Woods with Up, Up, Down, Down. He plays video games for crying out loud. Now, there's the exce- there's the exception to the rule. Xavier has already gone through in his contract that he can have that. What about Asuka's one, though? Asuka, I bet you she doesn't. I, I can almost guarantee she doesn't. But if she does... But it also might be because WWE has, is a partner with YouTube. Okay. So, see a lot of WWE superstars that are with WWE. They can the WWE can be like, okay, we want these superstars to have their YouTube channels. Yeah, because some of them are pretty popular. Okay, so that I get, but it's still stupid because sometimes, especially now, using Twitch and stuff to help with feuds and stuff. 
in a different way. Right. I, I don't know. Now, let's think here. Paige is probably not one of the higher paid divas. Or, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lot of flack for that word. Is not one of the higher paid women's wrestlers. Not anymore. Ever. I don't think she was ever in that top tier, like, women's contract negotiations, you know. I think it's like, it goes like the Bellas, Natalia, maybe Lana, and then everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, like things i mean when ronda came came in she was obviously above nikki and brie that that i will say right away by far but even though ronda was still only probably getting half a mil guaranteed and if she if she's getting like that for three years guaranteed which by the way i don't even know if she's still in her contract with wwe or not i honestly couldn't tell you but uh, that whole thing with the third party, um, everybody on massive, the Twitch stream, that is a massive smoking gun. That is a massive smoking gun for a lot of reasons. And how so? I'll tell you exactly how. I want to know how, on God's green earth, anyone could say that these that these talents are independent contractors. Because if they're independent contractors, they should be able to do whatever third-party stuff they want to. There you go. That's number one. Number two, it is a business. Pro wrestling at the end of the day is a business to make money. It reminds me so much of the CM Punk shoot where he talked about getting all those sponsorships. WWE was going to get a cut of those sponsorships. And they didn't want him to do it. Actually, no. No, 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 no. When he was getting those sponsorships, it was all 100% of the money was going to Punk. And then when WWE caught whiff that he was getting those sponsorships, they put their hand in the pie. But the thing was, they wouldn't allow him to do it. They would not allow him to do it. And when Brock Lesnar came in, he had existing sponsors. They didn't give him any, they didn't give him a hard time. And I always ask this Wonderful three-worded, three-lettered word. Why? And I know why. I have a pretty good idea why. What is the one thing, if you had to take a guess, I'll give you each one answer. What's the one thing Vince McMahon is most obsessed with? I want to see. Okay, that's one. Give me something else. It's a weird one for me because I don't think he's mostly obsessed with money. He's obsessed with pleasing people. I got one. He's obsessed with control. More than anything, he's Not only with... just us as fans. But everything. And here's why. And now, now I'm going to get to the point that I was going to make about this. Okay. Vince doesn't want anyone on his roster being bigger than the brand. And I've been explaining this to people for years, and a lot of people are finally starting to come around. When Lesnar left in 2004, Vince made a conscious decision that he was never going to allow anyone to be bigger than the brand. No, that was after Cena. 
because he made Cena bigger than the brand. I don't know about that. And the reason I don't know about that is because if John Cena was bigger than the brand, you wouldn't have seen a decade and a half of decline. Because in the ratings, the live event attendance, and profits, especially when you adjust them for inflation, Cena don't measure up to Hogan, Austin, or The Rock. He just doesn't. And it's not about it's not about the money that Cena. Well, actually, technically, Cena did generate a lot of money just from his merch, but it wasn't. He was the face of the company, plain and simple. He was the face of the company, but he was. But you also have to recognize he was the face of the company because that's what they wanted. Austin was the face of the company because nobody was more popular than him. When Austin went down with injury. The Rock was the face of the company because there was nobody more popular than him. Even with Hogan, Hogan is someone I can't stand. I look at, I look at Terry Belay and my stomach turns because I feel the Macho Man Randy Savage was better than him. However, technical no, wise, yes, I have no shame in and and in terms of drawing. When Savage was WWF champion, he did very well. But I have no shame in admitting Hulk Hogan was the bigger star. I have no shame in admitting that. My all-time favorite wrestler is The Undertaker. He was never the biggest star that they had, ever. In all the different eras that he was in, he was never the biggest star that they had. So the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, John was the face of the company, but it wasn't because he was superior. Because you had guys that got over, and the company would do little things to put the screws to them. See CM Punk, see Ryback, see Daniel Bryan. There's a lot of examples. Right, but the thing is, is that with with Cena, he did he did have popularity, and the oh, I don't on having that. he did he but just he, he kept he popularity because how do you explain the merch sales? I'm saying I'm saying he was popular. He just wasn't megastar level popular because when you're megastar level popular, you don't see a decade of decline. You don't have a decade of people changing the channel and not coming back. You know, there's a reason they've had to rely on legends for the last ten years to try to pop numbers. Because yeah, it, it, the guy they had at the helm wasn't that big of a star. When Austin was on top, they didn't need Hogan and Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. When Hogan was on top, they didn't need Bruno and, and Bob Backlund. That's the point I try to make with, when it comes right. to John. But here's the thing with John Cena. He was, he was the face of the company in a time where media was changing. Yes. And it still is changing, which is why the the drastic down the downward slope of ratings is happening because there's but other there's remember, more important things on to people on Netflix, Hulu, like originals, all original stuff on those things. A, it's cheaper. Cable's becoming the thing of the past. When Hogan was champion at the time, or when Hogan was the face of the company, broadcast television was still relatively new. Cable television was extremely new. When Austin became champion, cable television was at its complete height with The Rock. And then when Cena became the face of the company, media started turning into a downward spiral with YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, and all those starting to pop up. So with that, you have to you have to give that excuse to John Cena because he was still the most popular wrestler in the company for 10 plus years until, until Punk. Then when Punk did his whole thing, he became a household name but But then you also have to remember though when hogan got the number one spot there was no built-in audience 
that built-in audience came in because of the charisma, the personality, and the work of Hogan. And when John Cena got the spot, they were able to get into more homes than they ever did in their history. That's one thing that cannot be lost. Yes, you did still have all these different streams and different ways to watch stuff on television and in the media, but you also have to remember, you were still in a time where when your product was good enough, people would still watch it live. I'll give you an example. There are many different ways to watch sports online. But when right. LeBron James was going up against was going up against the Golden State Warriors for the first time, the first out of the four times that they played in the NBA Finals, the ratings were as high as when MJ and the Bulls were taking on Stockton, Malone, and the Jazz in 1998. So, yes, you can say that there are other ways for people to watch, but the bottom line is, from 2005 to 2014, WWE lost half their audience, and they never came back. And then from 2014 to now, they lost 60% of that. So oh, yeah, agree. something went wrong. Something obviously went wrong. And what went wrong to me was the business model that Vince chose, where he's going to choose who the top guy is, not the audience, and we're going to shove him in that spot, whether it's good or bad, and now you have what you have. Punk would have been the, and I can't stand CM Punk because he was an asshole when I met him. But I can tell you this, they definitely should have made him the top guy in 2011, 2012, because mm-hmm. there was no one hotter than him. No one was hotter than him. Agreed. Agreed. I think that was a total waste of an opportunity there. Yeah. But then they gave him the over one year reign, which I thought was pretty neat at the time. No, it was nice. I just felt bad that he was playing second fiddle to Johnny Ace. I remember sitting there saying, I watched him have that classic match with Daniel Bryan, and I'm like, wait a minute, John Cena versus John Laurinaitis is closing? Yep. I noticed that that was a trend. John Cena versus Kane in an ambulance match, John Cena versus the Big Show in a cage match, every match involving Cena was apparently bigger than Punk defending the title. Yep. That, to me, was them sending the signal, as long as that belt isn't on John, that belt don't mean shit. That's how I took it. I'm well, I took saying, it as, as John Cena was the face of the company and John Cena was the man to beat and John Cena was the main event, which as much as I hate to say that, it made sense at the time. Because look, let's put it this way. If John Cena isn't as big as a star as you think he is, then why is he the most requested person in Make-A-Wish? Why is he Make-A-Wish the most requested does, person for exactly media? Why. I can tell you exactly why. Number one, Make-A-Wish is not the only parameter that you judge someone for being the number one person in the company. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, why is he the number one for making Why is he number one for as media? A hero. Why is he... why. Because he's been presented right. as a hero to the masses. Present anyone else the same way, they would have got the same result. It's not complicated. When it comes to... And, I, and I'll tell you another thing. One of the reasons people like myself resent John Cena and have no respect for him as a human being is wow. because that would be used as a means to try to get sympathy on him. Did you know that The Undertaker did a ton of make-a-wishes? Oh, yeah, in- I know they all Guess what? I didn't find out about that stuff until he was semi-retired. I never knew Randy Savage did make-a-wish, even when he was a villain. I never knew that Mick Foley was one of the one of the 
what, what what's the name of that council? I should have the name written down. It was on his it was on his documentary that he's oh, the one heavy, where he um very heavy charitable into charity. Yeah. He's very heavy into charity. Here's the thing. Those three guys I just mentioned, they never used that as part of their gimmick because when they came out, they didn't need to use that to get people to love them. And I'll give you a specific example, and there's many, because I have a very good one. As a wrestling fan, as a sports fan, I have a very good memory. And I'm going to give you only one example, and it should pretty much explain why I feel the way that I do. Remember when John Cena got destroyed by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? Which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which we'll talk about that later on, and it plays into why I think the streak ending the way it did was dog shit. (laughs) When John Cena was cutting the promo with Paul Heyman to talk about getting a rematch with Brock, in the middle of of the talking between the two, he looks at Paul Heyman... I had two make-a-wishes today. And then he was talking about the make-a-wish. And I'm sitting here saying, John, you're not going to get me to sympathize with you because you sit with kids that are sick. People were booing him as Brock was suplexing him into oblivion. Mm-hmm. That tells I me all I need to know. Because the bottom line is this. If you need to talk about your make-a-wish exploits for people to like you, to me, that makes you a scumbag. Because if you got to use, listen, I'm a parent. And if anyone ever tried to use my son as a means to make themselves look good, I'd punch him in their face. (laughs) I didn't like it then when I was 24. I don't like it now when I'm 30, especially considering that I've worked with sick kids. It pisses me off that he used those things and and no one could ever tell me he couldn't say no. If he went to Vince and said, Vince, listen, I have a special relationship with these kids. I don't feel like using it as part of my character. I would have more respect for him as a human being. I still would have no respect for him as a character because if he had any sense, he would have turned heel years ago. And he would have demanded it. He would have demanded it. Here's the problem, though. Cena, the character, is... That's the problem. The, The person who he portrays on screen is the exact person who he is off screen. He is the nicest person in the world. He does everything he can charitable. He he doesn't want to have kids because he has too much responsibilities for other kids to be happy and to be healthy and to do this. And so, yeah, if he, if he says something to Paul Heyman about having to make a wish, that's him saying, look, I had to make a wish kids come to me because they love me because they think I'm their hero. So I need to beat Brock Lesnar for the championship because they're, they look up to me in a way that no one else can. Yeah, but when he's getting booed out of the building while he's saying that, what does that tell you? But that he's getting booed the... out of the building by males like you. He's yeah, getting but the problem the building. is wrestling is about is, is always been geared to an 18 to 34 male demographic. And every time they tried to gear it towards the families, the ratings on the show suffered. There's, that's not by coincidence. That is just the way the pro wrestling business works. Every pro, time, okay, and every there's the problem. Tried, every time they tried to gear it towards families, the show has suffered from a quality standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, from a character-driven standpoint. They have always struggled. Okay. Love Brett the Hitman hard to death. But in 1995, 1996, the business suffered. Brett stopped the bleeding to a degree because he drew 
he drew outside the U.S. pretty damn good, even though he suffered to draw domestically. He had a huge international fan base. But the bottom line is, every time that they have tried to gear their show toward kids, toward families, the show suffered, the brand suffered, and now that they don't want megastars anymore, they really don't have any legs to stand on. The bottom line is pro wrestling is supposed to be geared to the 18 to 34 male demographic. Yes, it's a niche audience, but when you don't have megastars, that's what you have. Right. And we're getting a lot off topic, which is fine. I'm perfectly fine with it, but I want to get Steve's uh, input on the whole third party thing before we switch to the next topic. I mean, like I said, I think it's, if it doesn't interfere with their work, they should be allowed to do it. Amen. And I mean, it's as long as it doesn't interfere with their work, who cares? Let them have fun. It's some it, of the way these okay. Lost. I think I lost you, Steve. There you go. It's some of the Steve, way I'm these, with you. I'm with you. Some of these people lost steam. It's like Asuka well, does her videos in between flights. Does Asuka use her name though? She always says she's searching for Asuka stuff. Okay, but I mean, like, I, I believe that she uses the name. I believe the name of her channel is Kana Chan, and her name is Kana. So yeah, she's not right. using her wrestling name. But they also now, I don't know how true this is because yes, WWE owns the John Cena name, which is his government name. But they also, I guess, in trademark, have most of their wrestlers' real names under trademark. Really, which is interesting to say the least. But they they don't. The WWE doesn't want the wrestlers using their stage names as opposed to their real names, which is why Selena Vega's channel with her husband Alistair Black, uh, I don't think has either of their. Stage I'm a fan of Alistair, and I should name. know this, but unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> big into some of the social media. I, I really don't follow a lot of wrestlers' YouTube channels. Like, I follow Xavier Woods because I'm a big gamer myself, right. but not... And that's a- one, again, I think he has, you know... I would think with all the money New Day's made... Xavier worked himself oh, out a deal time. with WWE yes. so he can have yes. it because he uses his real name Austin Creed. But um yeah, but so before we move off of this, this is what she said on her Twitch channel. She said everything is going to change to Soraya, Sarera, however you pronounce her name, her real name. Um she's not getting rid of Twitch. She's here to stay. Uh we are here to stay with you guys, we are not going anywhere. Twitch is our house. I am the queen of Twitch. There is no chance in hell we are getting rid of my stream. Leave Twitch. Nah. Good. And a lot of these they, these wrestlers have to band together and make sure that this doesn't happen. because it's So, Paige is going to be defiant as all hell. Yeah. So, our last news story is we're going to talk about what happened last night at AEW's All Out. Um... Yeah, what the hell? Oh, so, Steve, you have not seen this yet, right? I haven't. I don't really have the ability to watch much AEW at all. And if it doesn't come across my news feed on YouTube, then I probably haven't seen it yet. Okay, so what happened was they were on this, like, scissor lift, him and Sammy Guevara. It was like a broken rules match, which I guess was a last man standing match. Okay. 
something like that. I don't I don't exactly remember. But they were on the scissor lift, and the scissor lift was all the way down. It wasn't extended up or anything. It was all the way down. So in a normal scissor lift, lift is about 10 to 12 feet high in the air. Okay. They're going – Sammy was going to reverse the side effect into a spear and spear him off the scissor lift and land onto this p- table platform that was going to break. Okay. They do it. Sammy hits the table. Matt hits his head on the concrete. Ow. Yeah. Right. So they they missed the table horribly. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go with five to six minutes. Is Sammy trying to get Matt up and walking and everything? Obviously, Matt's concussed to all hell. Lights are out. No one's home. So now... Sammy lets F, throws the X signal up once. That right there should have stopped the match. That should have stopped the match. There should have been no context contest go to a later date. Doctor comes and checks Matt. He did an on-site concussion test, which I would love to know what the parameters of that test are. Stick red into slot A. But oh. says he's clear. Okay. They, yeah. And so they keep on going. And then somewhere along the match, Aubrey throws up another X. So that right there should have been, okay, definitely no contest. Fuck the match. Just get Matt to a hospital and get him checked out. Yeah, that didn't happen. So they rush to the finish. Matt wins. Because I guess the stipulation was if Matt loses, he's out of AEW. Uh. So now it's great. You you rushed the match, and everybody is pissed off in in the wrestling you, community. You everybody is pissed off. Else, concussions are serious. My dad had one when he wrestled. Right, and trust me, they're no joke. They should have stopped it when the first X immediately went up. Mm-hmm. There's no need for any more than one. Absolutely, anyone that's ever seen a, a friend, a, a loved one, or acquaintance ever take a seizure, concussions are nothing to fuck with because you could suffer bad seizures, and seizures could lead to a stroke or death. So, mm-hmm. especially yeah. you know, not that Matt is old because he's really not that old. But the older you are, the less your less wear and tear your body can take. And yeah. listen, if this was WWE, we'd rake them over the coals. And as happy as I am that AEW exists because it's competition, mm-hmm. I have to call them out when they do something stupid, like they did last night. The second it appeared that Matt was injured, they should have just put a stop to it. Have the inner circle come, put the boots to Matt a little bit away from his head, obviously. And have Tony Khan or someone chase them off and say, enough of this. We'll do this later. Matt's hurt. You know, there was no reason for that match to continue. There was absolutely no no reason. That, you know, it wasn't one of the, number one, it wouldn't matter if it was one of the main events. But, you know, just to build the case, this wasn't one of the main events where it needed to go long. You know, and maybe they could have, you know, gotten out of this without beating Sammy Guevara. (laughs) 
because, you know, you're also trying to build the future and that finish didn't help him. The whole match, honestly, the best way I could put it is if you have a match that doesn't benefit either guy, you don't do it. And the second Matt got hurt, they should have pulled the plug on it. And whoever made the decision for it to go on, they deserve to be called out on it. That's my take. Right. Um, wow. <sighs> it, it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah, I just well, – because it's due to time restraints, we're just going to talk about the NXT – uh, Fatal Four Way Iron Man match, which was promoted as there was going to be a new champion, and that was bullshit. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> B. Now you made it an Iron Man match, which you've now made it a gigantic clusterfuck. Oh, here we go again. C. You made it a fucking draw. Not wise. Love NXT, but that was not wise. Fuck you, NXT. <laughs> and the only Head reason I see all over again. Never yeah. thought I would see. Never thought I'd hear someone say that. But it's deserved in this sense. It really is. I get you have two Tuesday shows that you need to promote for, but you promoted the first one with having a new NXT champion. You didn't deliver on that fucking promotion. B, now you're having another NXT championship match with the fucking two people who drew in that match, Al Adam Cole and Finn Balor, which now I'm definitely going to believe that Pat McAfee's going to show his ugly horse face in the fucking match and interrupt that. There we go, folks. If you're keeping track, that's nine <laughs> weeks in a row now about Cody bitching about Adam Cole. Make sure you no. keep tallies Pat, right. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, not Adam Cole. I love Adam that's Cole. What, that's what I mean. Nine weeks in a row now for folks at home that are, keep a ch- that are keeping track. Hey, listen, if Pat McAfee would have beat Adam Cole, no one could blame Cody for getting being pissed off. I'm oh, pissed no. that he was even in the match. I know. I, I can't disagree. Oh, my God. If you want to hear my rant about Pat McAfee, people, go back to, like, episode... Eight weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. Go to the episode that's titled Fat, Fuck Pat McAfee. Um, I might have to check that one out. <laughs> um, I I do not respect any former football player that comes into the WWE and doesn't take it seriously. That match was nothing more than a showcase of Pat McAfee's ability, which is all fine and dandy. Put him with a fucking jobber, not Adam Cole. Baby. Back to the matter at hand. The match itself. The Fatal 4-Way match was great. When I saw it, it was 2-1-1. And one with in Balor's favor, and then I saw the draw. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to have an overtime match on the USA Network. No, they're going to have it next week. What? They could have. They could have went without that. They could have went without that. I don't know what they were thinking. They're thinking they have two Tuesday shows in a row because of the fucking NHL playoffs because of COVID. They have to promote the shit out of them, and they have to have two big matches on there to get ratings and everything, which is even more stupid. You couldn't have just had a fucking... Oh, my God. The fact that this Iron Man match didn't have an overtime pisses me off. I 
can't disagree with you. Again, I love NXT. It's one of my favorite styles of pro wrestling. But when they do something stupid, I have to point it out. There was no reason for that to go to a, to a non-decision. There was no reason for that. They should have just put the title on Balor. With Adam Cole getting this close to getting a fall. And then they would at least have a reason to promote the match. Say Adam Cole was this close to tying it. And he was the last, and, and he never really got his rematch. Right, so give it to him. So give him the first title shot against Balor, and those two would just, t- and just like they are this week, they would tear the house down. Oh, God, yeah. You know, because Balor, you know, regardless of what anyone could say, the dude is one of the best damn wrestlers in the world. Adam mm-hmm. Cole, his track record is is proven. The guy... You put him in the ring with anyone, he could put on a good match. He proved that with, with Pat Math- McAvee. Put him in there with someone that's never wrestled before. He could carry them to a good match. Uh, that's, that's, that's being nice about it. But the bottom line is if anyone, <laughs> anyone that's never seen pro wrestling before, if they watch that match, guarantee you they'll enjoy it. And it's because of Adam Cole. I'm not putting over Pat McAvee. I'm putting over Adam Cole that he could get in there with a nobody and make the match passable. Let alone when he gets in there with someone who knows what the fuck they're doing, like a Kevin Steen. You ever seen them wrestle? Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's why a lot of my friends that watch Kevin Owens, I'm like, you're seeing Kevin Owens light. You should have seen him when he was Kevin Steen. Oh, hitting, God. That was hitting good El shit. Over the, hitting El Generico over the fucking head with a steel chair. No fucks given. Mm-hmm. I have that I'll paper. I'll never forget their wife. Dude, their rivalry to me, one of the best wrestling rivalries of the decade. I'll never forget their last one of their ladder war matches. I think it was the last one where oh, that was such a good match. They had the fucking ladder. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I was like, oh, we're doing this today, dude. I made my <laughs> my sister was never a fan of Ring of Honor. My sister's a diehard wrestling fan, but I made her watch the final battle match. With Generico and, and and Steen, when it was Generico's mask versus Steen's career, I don't yeah. know if you remember that one. Yep. That yeah, was that was a good date, one. A year to the date that Owens turned on him, which to me, you know, people that say outs Indies isn't sto- doesn't have storytelling, that was storytelling at its finest. At mm-hmm. the event that Steen turned on Generico, they had their final match in that string of matches at the same event, and those two put on a match that I will never forget as long as I live. It was brutal. It was violent. There was hatred. And the right guy won. It was amazing. When I show people Kevin Steen, they're like, why isn't he doing this here? And I just throw my hands up. I don't know. (laughs) Kevin Steen's a fucking animal. I I love Adam Cole, but I look at Kevin Steen and I say to myself, that son of a bitch is special because he shouldn't be able to do the things that he could do at his size. Now, Sorry for getting off topic. I just love Adam Cole. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. Um, I want to go back to what you said. That match was passable. That match was passable if it was a no kid left behind and they just passed him through the fucking grade. That, there was no way that match was passable. That match was long, drawn out, boring, fucking ridiculously stupid. I'm just glad that he won with the Panama Sunrise. If he, they would have made Pat McAfee kick out of that. I would have just threw the match in the trash. But the fact that he was able to beat him with a signature and not a finish, I'm like, all right, not bad. 
I wanted him to beat him with the finish. I wanted him to knock his fucking teeth down his throat no, with that. The thing knee. was, he didn't need to use a finish. He only had to use a signature to beat this punk because he's not that good. Pat McAfee, yes, he like he probably likes wrestling. He does. But the bottom line is, he didn't belong in the ring. He did not belong in the ring, and he's lucky that he was in the ring with someone like Adam Cole. Because if they would have put him in there with someone that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, like Roman Reigns, he would have been he would have been exposed. And that's fine by me because I would have watched Roman Reigns Superman punch him twenty thousand fucking times in the face. <laughs> Cody doesn't like that back of me. Hey, he listen, look at punter. Yeah. If it was an offensive tackle, I'd have no issue. But he's a fucking punter who's had maybe a total of five to six hours field time. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Oh, if, if it was an offensive tackle, a lineman, a running back, you know, I'm okay with that because they're big dudes. They look good. You know, they don't look. When Adam Cole looks bigger than you, there is a fucking problem. <laughs> almost made oh. me jump on my water. That was funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. It just, he's a loud mouth braggadocious, stupid prick. Who's I'd rather made... you be honest. Go ahead. More honesty. <laughs> He's... I've watched his shows. He's an asshole. He he reports on stuff he doesn't know anything about. This week, he, he reported on fucking Madden 21. He's not a gamer. He admittedly, openly said, I don't play video games, but this was going around because, you know, I used to play football. You played for four years. Fuck you. In other news, oh god, <laughs> irritating motherfucker. Anyways, so the reason why Jimmy is on the podcast is because we're going to have a lively debate about the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. Um, we will be dividing it into four segments, small segments, because it's just going to be rebuttals and answers back and forth. Sure, but before we do. We're going to have an ad break from our good friends over at Anchor.fm. Welcome back to the podcast. So, this week we're having a lively debate. Me and Steve will be on one end while Jimmy will be on the other. This week, we will be talking about The Undertaker's WrestleMania 30 streak coming to an end. I'm we're kind of divided. in the middle on this, to be honest. But yeah, This should be fun, then. I'm on one side, he's on the other, and then you're in the middle. So, that works. Um, we're going to divide in the four segments, how it happened, should it have happened, if it does, if it should have happened, or if it was uh, going to happen, who if it was going to, ha- yeah, if it was going to happen, who should have won it and what it did for the business afterwards. So Fine by me, first things first, how he lost. He lost to Brock Lesnar. Everybody got pissed off. Well, not pissed off. They were. It was like the air got sucked out of the fucking stadium, and you saw these bug-eyed expressions of people like, what? I was quietly going Super Saiyan 2 on the inside. I, I sat there for the next 10 minutes, just open mouth gasped. I watched it live because it was the first event on the network, and... I was like, what the fuck? I sat there for a good 10 minutes just with my hands out like, really? Brock Lesnar? Why? 
all that build. Brock Lesnar, guy's already a legend. Nice work. That that was literally my reaction. And I remember going to bed that night saying to myself, Mark Calloway, you're a dumb fuck. Well, now that's the thing. Later on in in the week, we found out that he became concussed. He doesn't remember that match after us after he doesn't remember that thing at all. He doesn't remember that day until uh until before three PM. Yeah, he the last thing he remembers is having a conversation with his wife. Yeah, that's the last thing he remembers. And after that match, he doesn't he doesn't even remember where he was in the hospital when he woke up. Not at all. Poor bastard got his bell rung. Oh, big time. Number two. Should it have happened? Here we go. Okay. Should it have happened? In my mind, no. But at the same time, if it was gonna happen... Well, that, that's the next topic. I, I don't... question uh, afterwards. Like, both my questions kind of lead into the same topic, but... Yeah. I just... I don't like the way they did it, and I don't like who did it. So my thing is, is that it. Uh, I think it. I think Taker should have lost his streak. Lesnar probably wasn't the best choice. Oh no. But for what was going on, I understand why they did it, which is why I'm okay with it. Jimmy? I will try to keep my answer short. (laughs) The the simple answer is no, I'm not okay with the fact that they ended the streak because it was the wrong decision. Vince made an impulsive decision because he believed The Undertaker was done. And he obviously wasn't. That's number one. Number two... He also did it with the express thought in mind of having Brock Lesnar put over Roman Reigns, who he already chose to be the next guy. So immediately, the entire plan behind it was snake bit because it wasn't going to work. Because by the time Brock Lesnar got to Roman Reigns, he was the most popular guy they had because they put him against Cena, who we discussed earlier, most people do not like, and they wanted to see him get destroyed. Brock did it. Then they put him up against the guy that took Daniel Bryan's spot. There was no way in hell Brock was going to get booed. So considering how everything worked out, it was obviously the wrong decision. And the saddest part is, once you make a decision like that, you can't take it back. And that's the whole tragedy of it. It was unnecessary. It didn't need to happen. And if The Undertaker had to put someone over on the way out, do it at SummerSlam. Do it at Survivor Series. Have them put them over like a million dollars. Don't have to end the streak. It was special. And they took it away. So you're saying that the streak should not have ended, period, no matter who it was. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, if you put a gun to my head and said I have to pick someone, there's someone in mind. Okay. That I would have have had do it if I had someone put a gun to my head because I value my life more than the streak. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing, I guess. Uh, but okay, so for those of you who don't understand what happened before the streak ended, Lesnar came in around 2013. He came back, I think it was 2012, the night after WrestleMania. 28. The night after 28. Okay, so that was 2012. So he comes out in 2012, 
has a match with John Cena, loses. So he comes back and loses automatically. That's fantastic. Uh, then is put into a program with Triple H. Beats Triple H, who is a semi-retired old man. Good for you. You broke his arm. Um, then comes back at Mania and wrestles Triple H again for stupid reasons. Um, and Triple H wins after a pedigree on the fucking steps. And didn't he make Brock tap out with the Kimura lock? Absolutely not. If no, Triple H would have made Brock tap with the Kimura, Brock fans would have detonated, and rightfully so, because that wouldn't have been right. Right. Um, I, I just re- I, I remember him putting the lock on. I just don't remember if Lester he put it on him in the match, but he didn't beat him with it. He beat him with the pedigree on the steps. Okay. Um, what else? What else happened between then and he fought Punk? He fought at Punk, SummerSlam, which. You know, Punk should have won. Without question. But then you're trying to build up Lesnar as a, an animal again. Um, what else happened? Pretty much there was a whole bunch of losses. Oh, no, then he fought was... the big show at the Royal Rumble and destroyed him. And then we got to the match. No, he fought big show at Rumble with the title. He had the title on him. He worked with Big Show. I'm pretty sure about that. I know he worked. I don't think he worked with Big Show because he came into the WrestleMania match two and two. He went. He he wrestled Big Show at Royal Rumble 2014. I I remember. I remember that night. No, he beat him, and I remember that show because it was one of the worst shows I ever saw in my life. If I could get electroshock treatments to forget the Royal Rumble from 2014, I would. That's saying a lot. Um, it, but I would tell someone to go back and look at it for themselves, but I but I don't want anyone to be mentally scarred because that show was a steaming turd. No, he and did. one he, of the only yeah, he did. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry because I'm thinking of the one after the Royal Rumble afterwards. One of the, the only good parts about it three. was watching. Bro- no, he wasn't. The one afterwards? Yeah, he was. He was the final three in the Rumble. He, he wasn't in the Rumble. And... Big Show no, wasn't in the Rumble. Rumble the ended with everyone booing Rey Mysterio, remember? No, yeah, no, next year he the won. The next year's Rumble is what I'm thinking of, because I'm thinking he, it was that year's Rumble. Yeah, you're thinking 2015. I'm talking yeah. 2014. Okay, so he came in the WrestleMania 3-2, and two, which in all actuality, he probably should have came in the WrestleMania 5-0. and oh. Absolutely. My opinion. He should have beaten Triple H twice, should have beaten Cena to a bloody pulp, which he did, but still lost. Uh, I still don't understand. He was fresh out of the UFC, and they had him lose. (laughs) Yeah, right. Breakfast Club rules, bitches. Yeah. (laughs) I've been saying saying that since 2013. The Breakfast Club always gets, gets theirs. And when I talk about the Breakfast Club on this podcast, if you guys have me on... I am talking about Triple H, I am talking about John Cena, I am talking about Randy Orton, and I'm talking about Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair. They are the chosen ones. They are the breakfast club. They are the ones that get the preferential treatment, even when they don't deserve it. (laughs) Which is fine. Brock Lesnar was fresh out of the UFC, kicking the shit out of Shane Carwin, and he was losing to the Fruity Pebble. I laughed. I saw that happen. I laughed my fat ass off the whole way home from my friend's house. I'm like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> but 
he comes in three and two, so he's not a big. He's not really. He hasn't been portrayed as this huge monster. He's just been a, a attraction. He's just been a attraction. That's it. Right. Now I don't know if his deal was coming up after WrestleMania thirty or whatever, but he comes out and destroys Taker. It almost seemed like a squash match, almost. <sighs> Taker had some high hope spots, I will say that, but it looked like it was almost a squash match. It almost looked like the Cena 2015 SummerSlam. I don't know. I think if it was a squash match, there would have been more outrage. I think there would have been way more outrage if it was a squash match. But yeah. I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Um, but the thing that was telling for me that Lesnar was going to win even before the match began, when they did the entrance of The Undertaker and they had the row of caskets... Undertaker, like, looked surprised that the casket opened up and burnt to flames. I guess my memory is skewed because I don't remember him looking surprised. He looked back at the casket. It opened up and shot to flames. Yeah, but I don't think there was any surprise on his face. I think that that was part of his entrance. He did, he did All he had to do was look at Lesnar's future casket or what it was supposed to be. And that was to send a message to Brock, you're going to burn in hell. I don't think Undertaker was caught off guard by that. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't the way think I he looked at it, is that he was caught off guard because it's like that casket probably shouldn't have. You know, mm. that was that was Lesnar's casket. That was Lesnar. That's where he was going to be in line with the rest of Undertaker's victims from Mania. And instead, the casket opens and burns the fuck up. And it's like, okay. Either that's a scare tactic, or that's, you know, in the WWE Universe realm of kayfabe, which is, as much as there isn't any anymore, what The Undertaker there is. And in that little world, Lesnar wasn't going to lose. At least that's the way I looked at it. They had the graph ready. They Everybody was silent. The only thing they didn't really have to make it seem like it was a shock was Michael Cole on commentary go and the Undertaker streak is broken like he was ready to say still alive so it's either one of two things either he got concussed and forgot to kick out and in WWE all refs decisions are final Or, you know, Vince told Taker to lose. That's exactly what happened, and the Undertaker confirmed that. Yeah, but does he confirm it because he doesn't want people to think he got his ass wrung? It's a scripted match. They didn't fight for real. Undertaker admits that he had his belt wrong. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that if he if Taker didn't get his bell rung, would the match still ended the same? Yes. 
it wouldn't have mattered if he hit his head, hit his ass, hit his balls. The finish was the finish. That's what Vince wanted because Vince is an idiot. That was the finish. And or that finish was stumble upon dumb luck. It was if that's your version of luck, I can only shudder to think what your version is of bad luck. Well, you know what I mean? Like now he has the streaks broken. What can he do? He can't fire Lesnar now because he's now firing now you're the feeding, person who see, broke now the you're streak. Into the, now you're feeding into the Paul Heyman thing that he tried to plant in everyone's minds. And the bottom line is the graphic being ready on the spot the second the match ended is proof positive that it wasn't a shoot. It was a work. That was the plan. Vince McMahon had The Undertaker drop the streak to Lesnar with the express thought of feeding Brock to Roman Reigns, his new John Cena. Which would make that's sense if that. they would have went through with that. But that's what... I lost you there for a second, Jimmy. ...to do, and because Vince got cold feet because pushing Roman and, and not Daniel Bryan like the fuck he should have, then they had what they had. As usual, and this is where I got to go off, Cody. No, go As ahead. usual... As usual, the WWE couldn't get out of their own way. They didn't learn from the 10 years of pushing John Cena down everyone's throats and up the crevice of their asses. You don't do that in wrestling. The crowd tells you who to push. They tell you who's supposed to be number one. And whether that's someone that the office likes or not is completely irrelevant. Vince McMahon believed that Steve Austin was only a utility player. He ended up becoming... becoming the greatest of all time because he drew the... Vince didn't believe that The Rock... Well, he thought looked at Rock. He thought that Rocky Maivia was going to be the biggest star they ever had. Boy, was he wrong because Rocky Maivia was boring, bland, not entertaining. The Rock was because instead of portraying this vanilla baby face that went over like a fart in church... <laughs> he did the right he did the right thing and turned the rock heel. Right. But then you get to this era where Vince is trying to control who the number one guy is. He was willing to sacrifice the greatest character in the history of professional wrestling. To me, it's not even a debate. There is no character greater than The Undertaker. Oh, agreed. There is none. And Vince was willing to sacrifice him for Roman Reigns. That is the that is the type of decision making that was done. Brock's going to break the streak. He's going to he's going to kill everyone in his path. Everyone's going to hate him for it. And then when Roman beats him, he's the conquering hero. But unfortunately, because the WWE's tone deaf and they don't realize they they refuse to acknowledge that more than half their audience hated John Cena. So when Brock kicked the shit out of him, the people loved it. Because for how many years did John Cena go over guys when he shouldn't have? The Nexus, need I say more? The Wyatts, need I say more? Rusev, need I say more? So when Brock got to him, the fans were salivating at the mouth. Kill this motherfucker. Get him out of our... (laughs) Get him him off the TV. Right. People salivating at seeing Cena get his ass handed to him. Do you know what that means? It means he sucked at his job. Yeah. What what kind of 
that's like going to a superhero movie and hoping that Batman gets his ass kicked. Hoping Spider-Man gets his ass kicked. It doesn't make for a really good morality play, does it? No, not really. So by the time you got to WrestleMania 31 and the fans were really pissed off because... Daniel Bryan came back from injury. He never lost it. He got the belt. It was because the crowd rebelled for him. There was over 100,000 signatures on the White House website in 2014 for him to get a title shot. Think about that. That's how popular this guy was. That's and, Vince had him, and Vince had him sixth match down fighting Sheamus. But again, I'm getting off topic. Bottom line is this. That's fine. Bottom, bottom line is this. Vince broke the streak with the express thought of putting over his new prop. And that is that will go down in history in terms of booking decisions, finishes. Because to me, the worst decision in the history of wrestling was putting Owen Hart in that fucking ceiling. Yeah. Much as we could get, much as we could get mad at finishes, oh, this guy should have won, this guy should have lost. Right. You're talking about someone losing their fucking life and a guy that was a pretty damn good human being. Right, exactly. That's the worst decision in the history of wrestling. The worst booking decision, the worst booking decision in the history of pro wrestling will go down as the Undertaker losing his streak. Because number one, it didn't benefit Lesnar. I could tell you that. Even Taker himself admitted that recently. It didn't make Brock a bigger star. Now, for Mark Calloway to say that, that should tell you all you need to know. Brock didn't need it. He was already a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's number two. Number three, did it help Roman? Did it help Roman Reigns? When he was fighting Brock, did it get the people behind Roman Reigns? They were cheering the guy that broke the street because they wanted to see him kill Roman because they knew he was seen at 2.0 and they're like, fuck this. We went through that for 10 years. We ain't doing this shit all over again. Brock, break him in fucking half. That was the... <laughs> So you basically took the guy. I don't know if you guys are into old school movies. I don't know if you are into old school movies. But there's a movie called The Cowboys. John Wayne. You all know who John Wayne is. Yeah. There's a scene where he gets shot in the back. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's a sad fucking scene. And before they shot that scene, John Wayne went to the guy that was going to do it. His name is Bruce Dern. And he told him, you realize... And Bruce Dern said, I don't give a shit. He went through with the scene. Brock Lesnar was Bruce Dern. He shot John Wayne in the back. And guess what? Instead of having a character that people want to see get the shit kicked out of him because he killed the most lovable character that they've ever had, Bruce Dern's the most popular guy in fucking town and he's running for mayor. That's basically what the fuck they did. <laughs> so you ended something special and no one, whether you wanted the streak to end or not, is irrelevant. It was something special. No one can deny that. Right. And you'll never see it again. But nothing positive came out of it. And at the end of the day, when it comes to this... We'll get to that when, in the next... In, in the when, it comes, when, it comes, when it comes to this subject, at the end of the day, you only have to ask yourself one question when it comes to this subject. Was it worth it? Was it, was it worth it? What you sacrificed... What you got out of it, was it worth it? The answer is unequivocally no. Yeah, well, 
again, we'll agree to disagree until that last part. But so the next part of the debate is, um, should somebody have beaten Taker Streak, regardless if you like them or not? I think we are all in agreement that it sh- it could have been Roman Reigns. <laughs> I think either it should have been somebody that needed a much deserved push or CM Punk. Okay, I can see that. Jimmy? If you put a good I had and said pick someone to break the streak because it's one name that comes to mind. And no, it's not someone that they were going to push anyway in Roman Reigns. It's not a legend that is already Hall of Fame bound like Shawn Michaels or Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. It is someone who could take The Undertaker's place. And that's Bray Wyatt. Because... That's an an interesting one. Because, and I have a reason for this. Okay. I wouldn't have liked it. I want that to be understood. I would not support it. I would not like it. But I could, but I would be able to accept it. See what happened? I can't accept the way it was because that was a shitty way for a great legacy to end, with nothing good coming out of it. But if you're going to have Bray Wyatt end the streak, and he's going to take the Undertaker's place as the new supernatural character that freaks everyone out, that doesn't lose all the time, that you when this guy loses, it's a big deal then you know what? You could make the case. You got something out of that fucking streak. You made a new star. You solidified someone as a top guy for the rest of his career. You took a character that people were interested in. Now you made it from down here. You put it all the way up here. You took a guy that could actually talk. He actually has a character. It's dark. It's brooding. It's freaky. The whole thing about Wyatt's talking ability, the Firefly Funhouse, I get. That's I think he's a great promo at that. When he was doing the Bray Wyatt, looking back on it, he was mumbling like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, but the thing is, with the Wyatt character before the Firefly Funhouse, he was only missing one thing, Cody. The guy was only missing one thing from his character, and that was credibility. Ultimate Warrior made no fucking sense when he talked. But guess what? When the guy went out there, guess what he did? This three-lettered word, he won. He could back up whatever crazy bullshit he was saying. You knew. You knew that when the guy was coming out, he was going to clothesline the shit out of someone. He was going to fucking girl-press them, give them the big splash, knees on the chest, one, two, three, hit the fucking showers, and you knew he could back up his words. Bray Wyatt, the biggest problem they had with his character, they kept beating him. And Cody, would you care to tell our audience, who was the one that started Bray Wyatt's downward spiral? Chuck uh, well, well, okay, now hold on. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it wasn't Cena. Oh, it wasn't? Who beat him at WrestleMania 30? My great aunt Tessie? No, who beat him before 30? No one beat him in a one-on-one match straight-up clean. Nobody. Ambrose? Ambrose didn't beat him in a straight-up match. That would have been all over the news. That would have been all over wrestling news. Well, no, he didn't that was fight after some... 30. Um, he didn't, he he didn't lost, fight any. They lost to the Shield. 
Yeah, they lost. And I'm talking about in a one-on-one match. In a one-on-one match, look at Bray Wyatt's run heading into WrestleMania 30. He beats Kane at SummerSlam. He beat Kane at SummerSlam. He got a signature victory over Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble in a match of the year candidate. Then he has that legend. Six-man tag with the Shield at Elimination Chamber, which, which was a good because game. the Shield was wasted on the Outlaws and Kane, while while the Wyatts were getting buried by Cena. Imagine if that match would have took place at WrestleMania. How much better would it have looked for both both teams? Oh, agreed, agreed. So, so instead, Wyatt is fighting Cena in a glorified three-on-one handicap match, and he still loses. No good. No, 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 no good. And that's where the I I use the words. The Breakfast Club struck again, and that and does does anyone know why Wyatt walks around with his own severed head as a lantern? Because his old character, his old character was so fucked up from all the times they had him lose, including to the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. Shriek was dead at that point. Wouldn't have hurt Taker to lose to Wyatt there. And then he fought him at Survivor Series in that stupid tag match with Kane and Luke Harper. He still couldn't win that one. You know, I could go on and on about how much they fucked Wyatt, but all those creepy promos he would cut as the cult leader, there was nothing wrong with his character. The only thing that was wrong with it was that he, you knew he wasn't going to back up his words. You knew he was going to cut. What was the meme online? Cut scary, attack someone randomly, cut scary promo, lose, repeat. Yeah. He got the stigma of a loser. That's not on him. That's on the company for not having the brains to protect the guy. Now, and he's the only one I could think of that could have ended the streak where I would have said, you know what? I really don't like that they fucking did this because the streak is special. You'll never see it again. But I could almost understand it. I still don't understand why they had it with Brock. I still don't get it. Brock's a legend. He was a legend before he ever wrestled Taker in New Orleans. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer already. I guess just something to prove. I don't know. So we all gave our opinion. Wyatt, it could have made him a legend. (laughs) Well, yeah. So we gave our opinions on who we think could have done it. So now let's do the aftermath. Let's see what happened afterwards. So after Taker loses, he's gone for a year. He doesn't come back till the next year's WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt. And starts his whole, like, gunslinger, like the last gunslinger type uh, character. Which, I was enjoying it. I didn't have an issue with it. Faced uh, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 31. Faced Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32, which I thought was a great match. Faced Roman Reigns at WrestleMania... No. What was that 33? Did he miss 33? No, that was where he lost to Roman. That was where he lost to Roman? Okay. Which, understandably, now you have your two top guys, Roman and... Uh, in Lesnar. the worst WrestleMania main event in history. In history. Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow blows that shit out of the water. I was embarrassed to watch that match. Embarrassed. Agreed. I mean, it wasn't Taker's best match, but it, you know, putting it... Under Come on, Lawrence Cody. Taylor and Bam Come Bam on. Bigelow. It came out of that match as a heel. If that match was way better, way better. The Undertaker looked pathetic. 
in that match. I'm not saying he didn't look bad. I'm saying he did look bad, but I'm saying that match is definitely subpar better than Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. I have a thing against against celebrities in wrestling. That's fine. You could have something against celebrities, but the bottom line is, what match was more enjoyable to watch? The Undertaker getting the shit kicked out of them by another forced John Cena or Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow going out there and actually putting on a show? Bam Bam Bigelow was the one that shined in that match because much like Adam Cole proved he could get in there with pretty much fucking anyone and put on a good match. Roman Reigns and The Undertaker put on a match. I saw my dog take a shit that looked better than that. It was it was embarrassing. And the fact that they didn't have Roman come out the next night and say, screw you fans, screw The Undertaker, it's my yard, fuck off, makes them fools. He but had he did, technically. Yeah, he came out, he said, it's my yard now, then the very next week, what's this fucking chode doing? Oh, I respect the dead man, but I did what I had to do. I'm Roman Reigns. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you shitting me? He did it for The Rock. I mean, and then Braun Strowman proceeds to kick the ever-loving shit out of the hero, and what's the crowd doing? They're cheering Braun Strowman! Think about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak like I'm speaking to an idiot, and neither of you guys are idiots. You guys are very smart. Thank Roman you. Reigns kicks the crap out of your favorite professional wrestling legend, beats the ever-loving shit out of him, and then expects you to sympathize with him. That's basically what they did. Yeah. And, and it was dumb. It was dumb did it um did dumb. It was as dumb as they and, and it's not by coincidence that both the Undertaker's losses at WrestleMania accomplished nothing. Roman beat him. They could have benefited. Now here's where I will admit they had potential to benefit from Roman beating them. How could they have benefited? By having Roman Reigns do what he's currently doing now. Which I'm so glad that it happened because it's proving, yeah, you could take the guy that Vince likes and make him a heel. And guess what? Now, more people are interested in what Roman's doing than ever in the history of his career. I will say, when I saw Paul Heyman in the shot on SmackDown, I was like, huh. My friend sent me the screenshot. I'm like, why would you send me this? I don't want any fake pictures. She's like, dude, this is not fake. That's amazing. I didn't believe him. I did not believe him. I didn't believe him at all. And when I saw that it was real, I'm like, oh, they finally fucking did it. I'm like, I'll be fucked. Nice job. <laughs> when they do nice things, I give them a double thumbs up. Yeah. They should have did this then. Because when Roman came out, the heat he had, I haven't seen heat like that in years. He had mega heat. And instead of making him a heel, embracing that heat, you got to see morons like Vince Russo go on fucking social media and say, the way the fans reacted to Roman Reigns, they're so disrespectful. Like, bro, you have the best heel you could possibly have, and all because Vince wants to decide who the hero is, like he did with fuckboy Buckethead for 10 years. Wow. They ruined it. Don't sugarcoat. You wasted... They wasted... Both of the Undertaker's WrestleMania losses, all because one guy is a petulant child and just had to do things his way. This is why we can't have nice things, fellas. They could have benefited from the streak ending, but they didn't capitalize. They didn't. 
Now, let me ask you this question. If Brock Lesnar was going up against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 31, you think Brock gets cheered? Oh, God, no. Not a okay, chance. Yeah, but you also have to think about the pairings that they're doing. You, you, when you, okay, I get what you're saying about the whole if Daniel Bryan was against Brock Lesnar, it's obviously Daniel At Daniel WrestleMania 31. Yeah, right after it, the streak ended, if you're putting Brock against people that the crowd genuinely likes, that is how you get people to continue to hate him. But if you're going to put Brock against guys that the crowd has been against for years, you're just begging the crowd to cheer for him. And that's what happened. Well, look what happened when Seth won the title from Lesnar. At the payback pay-per-view, when he fought Rollins, Lesnar, I'm saying, when Lesnar's, Lesnar fought Rollins for the title that for the rematch he never got, after his suspension got lifted, um, people were cheering Brock. Yes, because, because like I said, Brock Lesnar became massively popular over the course of the, all those months. Because they kept putting him up against people that the crowd hated. They put him against John Cena continuously. I know it's sometimes hard to fathom, but a majority of people can't stand that dude. And then they put him against Roman, the guy that was taking Daniel Bryan's spot. The crowd was like, you know what? We're going with Brock. By the time he got to that match with with, with Rollins, they weren't going to cheer Rollins over him. I don't even like Lesnar. And I'm like... Brock should kill him in two minutes. <laughs> I don't even like him. And I'm saying, come on, Brock. Brock would fucking destroy him. So, okay. Uh, like I was saying, at 33, he lost to the Reigns. 34, he wins against Cena in a squash match, which was amazing. And then 35, he misses. And 36, he comes back and faces AJ Styles. Um... And then you have the in-between, like, feuds on SummerSlam, Hell in the Cell, and all yeah. that with yeah. Lesnar. Lesnar beating Taker goes on this hall, this fucking hall of championship reigns, where the only year he doesn't have a title in his hands is 2016. Or 20, 2017? When did Goldberg it's come 20, back? It's 2016. You were correct. 2016, because that's the year yeah. Goldberg came back. Yes, he didn't have any titles that year. No, sir. Right. He didn't have a title that year. So out of five years after he beat The Undertaker, every year after that, he was either the champion or winning the championship. He he became a the top guy over Reigns, and they were trying to get Reigns to beat Lesnar, Time and time again, which ne- which was so weird. 31, they did the match. Reigns was going to win, but then they did a plan B and pulled the ripcord on that because they didn't know. They knew they wouldn't happen. have been able to get out of that building alive because the, that crowd, I remember watching that WrestleMania. That crowd wanted, they didn't want blood. They wanted Roman's blood. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They wanted to see him get his shit pushed in. And then the worst part of that was that when Rollins did cash in, he didn't pin Brock, he pinned Ro- uh, Ro- Roman. So it made Lesnar stay strong, made Roman look stupid, and now you have the smartest guy in the world become the best heel. So then Rollins, I mean... Rollins goes on a tear until he gets his knee injured. And then... Roman wins the title of Survivor Series. 
for all of four minutes. Because of Seamus's cash in. And then at WrestleMania thirty two And who's the They do is selling and who was selling the most merchandise at that I, pff, by thirty two? I have no fucking clue. Maybe the rock. <laughs> it was it was it was it was Roman and Triple H. No, I mean like selling the mer- most merch. It was going into WrestleMania thirty two. It was Dean Ambrose. His black and his black and gray hoodie was outselling everyone. And coincidentally, once that report came out, Ambrose used to wear that to the ring. Once that report came out, he stopped wearing it to the ring and he started losing all his pay-per-view matches. I don't believe in coincidences, my friends. <laughs> um, and then 33, Lesnar faces... Goldberg. Goldberg for the Universal title, that's right. And that was their best match. Oh, agreed wholeheartedly. Out of all the matches they had, which are probably a total of 20 minutes... Yeah. Their their WrestleMania 33 match was the most enjoyable. Oh, agreed. Oh, and by the way, once once Goldberg lost to or beat Lesnar at Survivor Series, that made Goldberg a huge name again. Because until then, no one was beating Lesnar after he beat the streak. So for Lesnar to give that rub to Goldberg, which obviously neither. I remember watching that happen. I'm like, wow, Survivor Series. And that all lasted of a minute and 47 seconds. I watched that and I remember saying, so Goldberg gets to be Undertaker at WrestleMania. Wow. <laughs> right. And uh, so then Goldberg and Lesnar have their match at 33. 34, it's Lesnar versus Reigns 2. Beach Ball Mania. Yeah. And Lesnar <laughs> beats the shit out of Roman, makes him bleed like a stuffed pig. And wins the match. And then they do the whole series with Roman until SummerSlam. And then he finally fucking beats Brock. And then has to give up the title due to fucking leukemia. Yep. So it was like, A, the Universal Championship was cursed and it was only supposed to be on Lesnar. That was fate trying. That was the fates trying to tell WWE throw that shit in the trash and bring back the big gold belt. Right. And it's like, okay, so you made Lesnar a monster. He's now a household name again. Goldberg became a household name again after that. Taker was still a household name. He, in my opinion, his legacy, yeah, was a little bit tarnished after the loss, but it's still his legacy is not just mania. It's everything he's done. Period. And they tried to build Roman Reigns as a star, which didn't necessarily work. No, it didn't work because they forgot that, you know, because, and, and, I, and I hate to keep going back to them, they convinced themselves with the run of John Cena that they could just manufacture who the top guy is. You can't. You have right, an exactly. audience. Your audience tells you who they are into. I'm going to quote Michael Hayes. And this is something I think someone should remind him of because he's one of Roman's biggest supporters and he obviously forgot that he even said this. He said this on the Road Warrior DVD. 
You cannot bullshit the fans. They either feel you or they don't feel you. And if you make them feel you, you've got a winner. They never got behind Roman as a num- as a top babyface. They were behind him. They were yes, behind they him did. when he was in. They were behind him when he was in the Shield. And they were and behind him when they thought Daniel Bryan was never coming back. And once Roman got into that Royal Rumble in 2015, and Bryan got eliminated like a jobber, it was over mm-hmm. because the crowd understood. They're not stupid. I know a lot of people think wrestling fans are stupid. They're not. They understood. And listen, when you can get Philadelphia, one of the most loyal of wrestling towns, to boo the rock, you've got a problem. That's not good. It's not good at all. So we're in the end. section of this discussion did Brock become a pinned the Undertaker no the Undertaker himself says that Brock didn't become a bigger star as a result the Undertaker himself admitted it didn't make him a bigger star and then Undertaker said the magic words words that I was saying from the moment it happened he didn't need it it didn't help his stock as a character if anything him breaking the streak and then going on the suplex city tear ruined his matches. The last time Brock had an exceptionally great wrestling match was with CM Punk. Because every match he's been in ever since, including the match with AJ, including the match with Brian, including the match with Balor, it's suplex, suplex, F5. It's like Brock forgot how to wrestle. And that's what bothers me with Brock is because I saw the guy wrestle Kurt Angle. I saw the guy. I don't think it's necessarily that Brock forgot how to wrestle. He does the bare minimum. That's what he does. He does the bare minimum. You're getting paid fucking nine mil. If I'm getting paid nine million whenever, and I'm only wrestling three times a year, I want those three matches to be the best matches I could put on. If I'm only putting in three three days of work, it ain't gonna kill him. Look at that match he had with Dean Ambrose. That is a steaming turd, my friend. And it was because and Brock and I'm glad Moxley talked about this. When he broke free from WWE, he backed up what he said on the Austin podcast. He said, you know, I went to them. I said, I want to mace you at the beginning of the match. And Brock's like, oh, let's do that. I tried to have this conversation with you three fucking weeks ago, bro. Where were you? Getting ready to fight Mark Hunt because you didn't give a shit. Right. I'm sorry, but, you know, Ambrose wasn't even looking to win that match. He was just looking to lose spectacularly. He was looking to pull a Mick Foley. He told Brock. Powerbomb me into a pile of thumbtacks. I don't give a shit. Do whatever the fuck you want to me. Beat the shit out of me. And Brock's like, no, no, no. Suplex, suplex, F5. Might as well call Brock Lesnar the new Pokemon. He only knows four fucking moves. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but again, I emphasize. What positive thing came out of the streak ending? Oh, it was a shocking moment. You know, I walked into my backyard once, and I saw a dead squirrel in my pond. I was shocked for about a, about a day. That shock eventually wore off. And I say to myself, oh, and, I, and, and I remember and that shock turned to the fucking squirrel didn't know how to swim. Well, can, can, can you say this, though, is that the streak ending was, or possibly is, the last big shock that wrestling ever has? It probably will be, and I'll tell you why. 
And one of my dearest friends came up with this, and I'm going to quote him. People were shocked. A lot of people were shocked when it happened because they're saying they actually were willing to throw away something special. Wow. Right. They were willing to get rid of something that it was one of the drawing factors to WrestleMania. And it's a drawing factor they no longer have. They no longer. Yeah, but you have to think of it this way: is that have that? If that was how if, many if people used the, to tune into WrestleMania? If that's the drawing power to Mania, and not the characters themselves. Go ahead. If that's the what? You you it, were it, bro- you were broken up there, Cody. I didn't hear a word okay. you said. That's okay. Um, I said if that's the drawing power is the streak, and everybody knows that the streak is going to stay intact. What's the point of even going to see that match? Because people wanted to see him win. Even Jim Cornette talked about this. People used people loved. You, you, most don't understand. Most non Undertaker fans don't understand just why that was so important. Every legend has won championships. A few have had main events at WrestleMania. Only one was undefeated, and they took that away. Austin had many. Austin had main events. Hogan got to slam Andre. Austin got to fucking pose with Mike Tyson. The Rock got to got to wrestle at WrestleMania. John Cena had how many WrestleMania main events when he didn't fucking deserve it? But this fucking guy, the guy that wrestled with a fucking crushed face, broken fucking ribs, how many orthopedic surgeries I feel, and a lot of other Undertaker fans feel, for his loyalty, loyalty that... The Rock didn't have because he left and fucking went to Hollywood. Loyalty that Hogan didn't have because he tried to put Vince out of business. Loyalty that Austin didn't have because he walked out multiple times. <laughs> this guy was loyal through thick and fucking thin, and he didn't let his ego run wild when he probably could have because he knew he had the best character of all time, but he was a team player. Why do you think now... Mark, you don't think deep down Mark Calloway knows that there are people that are pissed that that happened? He admitted in his last the last podcast he was on, a lot of my peers felt it was a horrible decision. Why do you think that is? Because it was. It was. It was bad. It Nothing good came out of it. Nothing positive came out of it. You, if you want to turn around and say that they built Brock up like a monster and that after that he was the biggest heel they had and he helped make a new star off that heat, you have tangible evidence to say, you know what, Jim? Something positive did come out of Shriek Ending. That doesn't exist because it didn't happen that way. They broke the well, streak. He did to a point. It, it, he became the monster, but nobody really got to – like the first person who beat him was Goldberg. Which is another yeah, legend. A guy that was in his prime run. when I was yeah, a guy that was in his prime when I was seven. I'm the next person the next person that beat him was Reigns, and then the next person that beat him was McIntyre. Yeah, and the streak ended six years ago. You think Brock has any steam from that happening now? I take that back. Rollins and then and then Rollins uh, had momentum and then he opened his mouth and proved that he was a prick and people turned on him. Hey, listen, the way he was talking about Moxley, if that's how he talks about his friends, I can't imagine how that fucker talks about people he don't like. 
I think that was more of a corporate thing, but that's just my opinion. So but, at the at the end of this, you're saying that it was a bad decision. Was, I'm saying was, that I, it was a bad decision, but it still worked. It out. was a bad decision, and history backs me up on that. Right, and I think it's a bad decision, but I think that everything since then has been has turned out okay. It's not exactly the best situation we're in, but it's you know it's not. It's not. I, I ask you one question, Cody, and then you could take this discussion how we want. What positive thing came out of it? It showed Vince that he needs uh, to reevaluate everything. You really think he's reevaluating anything? Do you really Kofi think. Kofi Mania. Um, putting Rollins in the title picture. Yeah, Kofi, Kofi, you need somebody to remind Kofi that he was champion because he doesn't seem to want that rematch. Boston. You know what? It is it is what it is, how they do it with him, but at least they did that. Ten, um, less than 10 seconds, like a jobber. Barry Horowitz in there for a sec. I thought that was Barry Horowitz in there for a second. He lost so fast. <laughs> you would never know that he was WWE champion. He beat Samoa Joe. He beat Daniel Bryan, the, guy, the same Daniel Bryan that beat Evolution all in one night. But he loses to Brock in less than 10 seconds. Nice job, Vinny. Nice job, Vinny Mac. I'm again, sorry. It is what it is. Give, I, give again, me their money. I, and, and I hope. Give me their money and their roster. I could book a better show. Oh, you could book could. a better. You could book a better show. More than half the schmucks online that criticize guys like us for thinking could probably book a better show with oh, their yeah. money and their roster. The problem Anybody is could. they write the show, they write the show for an audience of one. And until that changes, you're going to have what you have, a steaming pile of dog duty. The only time I'm smiling, the only time I'm smiling when I watch WWE is when I see Aleister Black, Keith Lee, or Drew McIntyre. The Fiend, I love him to death. I'm waiting for them to fuck him up. I'm just waiting because I know the trend with Wyatt. They get really, really hot with him, and then they get really cold with him. But apparently, I heard a rumor that apparently they're going to have him win the Rumble to challenge Reigns. Did you hear about that? Well, no, and we don't try to deal with rumors or innuendos on the show because we don't we don't like to talk about things that might not happen. Well, apparently, it's been it's it's being backed up by a few different sites. I, if it I would does be... happen, all the more power to Wyatt. But. Yeah. It would be it would be it would be Wyatt winning the rumble and challenging Roman for the belt because apparently he's the he's going to be the the running top babyface on SmackDown with Reigns. That should be Biggie, but that's my opinion. Um, hey, listen, if Biggie's going to get a run, I got no problem with that. Biggie's yeah. got he's got personality. He's good in the ring. I just think he needs a new finishing move because his finish is basically him taking a back bump for the most part. And Steve, <laughs> Steve, what do you what do you have? At the end of all this, what do you think? In the long run, it just shouldn't have happened, honestly. Thank you, okay. So with that, the end of the podcast is here. So that means we're going to play F. Mary Kill. So this time we're going to have Jimmy play F. Mary Kill. And Jimmy, we're going to have you choose between... Um, hmm, let's see here. Undertaker matches. Oh, uh-huh. Lesnar at 30, Reigns at 33, or Goldberg and Undertaker at uh, Saudi? Uh, 
Oh, God. <laughs> you must really hate me. I'm no, sorry. Oh, we do every week. I um, talked to them hard last week. Uh... Ugh. Out of all three of those, all three of those matches are just—they're embarrassing. They're—they're—I can't even look at them. I haven't watched the WrestleMania 30 match since it happened. I'm never going to. The match with Reigns—I never had the heart to watch it again because watching it the first time, I felt like I felt the need to gouge out my own eyes. <laughs> How about this? I'll trade you. I'll pick a John Cena match that was really good. I'll swallow my pride. <laughs> No, I want you to pick between these three. His match with Umaga at Royal Rumble 2007. That was a classic. It was great. It was okay. It was violent. And he choked the shit out of that fucking Samoan bastard. (laughs) No, I want you to pick between these three. All hail John Cena. All hail the Breakfast Club. Uh, (laughs) Out of all those matches, I'd rather watch the Goldberg match because The Undertaker had a really unique entrance with a different theme that he used for the druids i'm a i'm a i'm a big stickler for theme music like i i I love looking for theme songs that are rare so Mm -hmm. i liked that one the most i wish goldberg wouldn't have knocked himself the fuck out before the match because maybe we could have got something nice out of it Mm -hmm. uh so then which match would you kill and which match would you fuck because i'm gonna assume that's mary Yes, absolutely. That's 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 the match I would like. I would give a thumbs up to out of those three. Out of those three stinkers, and they are stinkers. I'll take the Taker Goldberg match. Um, I have to kill. I have to kill the match with Reigns because that match was the worst WrestleMania main event in history. The worst WrestleMania main. It made the Range Triple H match look like a Funk Briscoe classic. Damn. That's saying something. I'm sorry. I- I'm a wrestling historian. I love Terry Funk. Here. I love Dory Funk. I love Jack Briscoe. I love Harley Race. I love Rhodes. That era of wrestling, I absolutely love. And I have a lot of respect for those guys because of the fucking schedule that they had. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm using that analogy. At the very least... Taker and Brock had history. It was a guy that Taker was fighting that he was never able to beat. And I figured finally, not only will Taker be 22-0, and 0, but he'll finally beat the one guy he was never able to beat as the fucking biker. The character I can't stand the most. I'm sorry, but biker Taker? Yeah. Throw that shit in the fucking incinerator. <laughs> I hated it. I hated that fucking character. So there you go. I take. I'll. I'll marry the Goldberg match. Fuck the ba- match with Brock and murder, not kill. Murder the match with Roman Reigns. The worst WrestleMania main event of all time. I challenge anyone to find one that was worse. Hogan Yokozuna for the ten seconds that it was on was better than that shit. <laughs> better, better. I love love it. So with that, the podcast is over. Uh, before we go, just a quick couple announcements. Uh, the quiz episode of the podcast will still be on September 27th when we record it. So for that, if you guys want to be a part of it, uh, just email me at CodyWilson825 at gmail.com. I'll, I will look over everything and see for future quizzes and everything because I think I have the three people I want on right now, including Steve. Or, well, with Steve on top of it. 
Uh, we will be doing uh, just a small little quiz show for the celebration of the 25th episode. And like I said, we have the store. You guys can find the link in the bio of the or in the description of the podcast. Uh, buy please support the podcast. And uh, yeah, buy the shirt. Um, <laughs> we got the shirts, the hats. Uh, and please leave a review on the podcast. What you guys liked, if you guys would like more debates. Uh, or any different th- different topics that you'd like discussed. Uh, I think I think maybe Cody, I can make a suggestion. Maybe a few sure. top ten lists. People love top, top ten lists. Yeah. Eh, I'm I'm not a big fan of. I, I am a big fan of top ten lists, but I'm very suge- subjective when it comes to top tens. I don't. I don't you know, like follow, to rank them. I don't like to rank them. I'm very like. It's my personal opinion. It's not like I am biased or, or unbiased about the whole thing. I'm very biased. I will be very biased of the whole thing. And it's not It's not the way I like to do top tens. I hear what you're saying. At least you're honest. I mean, I'd love to do top tens, but I feel like I, feel like I would just be so biased about certain things. Like if top ten celebrities, fuck them all. No one should be on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that one. Anyway... The only exception I think I might make is Denzel Washington because that dude does not know how to have a bad movie. Right. The only the only celebrity that I don't necessarily hate or that should be a part of the WWE Hall of Fame, which isn't yet and is shocking, is Cindy Lauper. Yeah, she was in the first. The Rock and Roll Connection would not be would the WrestleMania would first, not be the way it was even liber- without the Rock and Roll Connection. No, listen, that whole, listen, WrestleMania 1T, Muhammad Ali, Cindy Lauper, uh, the Rockettes, that that was really the jumpstart to WWE really becoming a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And if that didn't succeed, the company was going to go under. But right. I think that Vince, if, unless I'm mistaken, Vince used the money he got from, from the NWA when he, when he bought the Crockett promotion, he used that money to pay for WrestleMania. Yep, he did. Wow, that was a little fun fact for those that don't know. Yeah, and the quiz episode, you guys are gonna be learning a lot of fun facts because I'm using, I'm using a trivia pop up book and I'm using some questions that I made myself and I'm mixing them in in between. Um, I'll be watching that episode. Like I said, you guys, you know, have a good night, have a good week. Thanks for having Um, me on. Hey, thank you for thank you for coming on, Jim. I appreciate it. I hope it's not the last time I'm on, but I'm sure it is. Oh hell no, no! You, you'll probably be on a lot more. I, I actually like this. We got. I got to really figure out a way to tone everybody down though, because this has now gone on for two hours. Uh. And watch, it'll be your most downloaded episode. Yeah right. <laughs> okay, well I'll talk to you guys later. As for Steve uh, and Jimmy, you guys have a good week, and you know, like I said, leave a review on the podcast. See you guys later. Have a great weekend, guys.